welcome to the Advance Your Art podcast, where we talk about the journey from artist to entrepreneur and everything in between. You've worked hard to hone your craft. Now take it to the next level with tips, techniques, strategies, and routines used by successful artists to grow their businesses and careers. Now, let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yuri Cataldo. Welcome to the show. How are you this afternoon? I'm good. I'm good. No complaints. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. That's always good. So thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Of course. It's my pleasure. So I'd like to start off by asking you to describe yourself and what you do. Okay. Uh, I'm a professional dancer and scoliosis advocate. And currently, I am in my sixth year as, well, actually, I'm in my hmm, eighth year as a professional dancer. Okay. Uh, I danced with Ailey 2 for two years and Visceral Dance Chicago for two, um, for six seasons. Okay. Um, so I've been dancing uh, professionally for eight years and I'm also the founder of the Paige Fraser Foundation, mm-hmm. which we founded in 2017. Wonderful. All right. So you definitely keep very, very busy these days. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start from the beginning. What initially got you interested in dance? Uh, my mom put me into dance when I was four years old because there was a studio that had opened up uh, near her job and she says as a child I always used to fuss for them to turn on the radio so I just loved music and I loved the sound of it mm-hmm. uh, and she thought that dance would be a great place for me to not only dance but be around music um, and ever since I was four years old I have not stopped dancing mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm now 28 years old. Oh, sure. Oh, wow. So you've definitely yeah. kept it going. That's great. Yeah. So how did, what kind of uh, schooling then did you go for to uh, to be trained as a professional dancer? Did you go the kind of the traditional route through different ballet and dance schools, or did you go to a university and go that around that way? Uh, a mixture of both, actually. <laughs> Uh, so I started with uh, the ballet studio, and I would go there after school. So I went to a normal uh, elementary school. It was mm-hmm. a Catholic school. Um, and after school, I would go dance from, I think it was like 5 p.m. to 10 p.m., which is crazy to me because now as a professional, most of my dancing and rehearsing is during the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the fact that I was so young and able to do academics and then go to dance is crazy. Um, so, yeah, most of my upbringing, that was the schedule. And I danced Monday through through Saturday. Um, and as I got older, I auditioned for the Performing Arts High School in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And I was able to, uh, once I was accepted, I was able to train at the prestigious Alvin Ailey 
school in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And so that program was really catered towards uh, the performing arts. And as a dance major, we still had academics, but we danced earlier in the day, uh, roughly from 2 to 4, 4.30. Uh, so we went to academics and then we would take a bus or walk to the Ailey school and have two different dance classes a day. Mm-hmm. And that was Monday through Friday. So it was the first time in life that I had, I had a weekend to myself because prior to that I was going Monday through Saturday, sometimes Sundays if we had nutcracker rehearsals. Mm-hmm. Um, so high school was an, uh, the next step for me and it was in high school, when I started to really realize my potential and people were, teachers were pushing me and, and showing that they believed in me and saw something in me, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, also training at the Ailey School, I was around uh, dancers and faculty that looked like me. So as I stated, I started with ballet, which mm-hmm. is usually a, a white dominated um, style of dance. And when I went to the Ailey School, I was around dancers of all shades, um, not only Blacks, but Hispanics and, um, you know, uh, just all types of people were in my, my class. So that was also um, really different for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it was it was also a, a time when I was going through a very big uh, shift in my life because freshman year I was diagnosed with scoliosis and just as I was beginning to learn all these different styles of dance jazz modern African um I was diagnosed with scoliosis Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was very very difficult to navigate as a teenager uh luckily I had the love and support of my parents my mom and dad and um, when we were, when I was first diagnosed, the doctor said, you know, she may need surgery because this could get worse. And that was like the worst thing to hear as a dancer because the surgery would limit my range of motion. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being 13 years old, you don't want to hear that. Um, and luckily, my parents helped me to uh, find another route. And we found a chiropractor uh, who basically just did um, spinal adjustments and explained to me what was going on. And I had to learn about the anatomy of my body and and learn that things would function a bit differently. Mm -hmm. And I was also, um, it was recommended that I wear a back brace. So I had two back braces that were made uniquely for my spine and it kind of put me in a position where um, posture wise I wasn't uh, sitting in my curve Um, so I wore the back brace to school and while I was sleeping the only time I did not wear this back brace was when I was dancing so um, for me dance has always been freedom and dance has always been healing because it was truly the only time that I felt free. Yeah, definitely. That's well. That's 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 really interesting and exciting that you were able to overcome scoliosis as a dancer. How has the condition of, of scoliosis? How has that how has that affected your your dancing uh, from when you were first 
diagnosed at 13 to to now? I mean, or, or has it affected it? Oh, tremendously. My, I'm never, I'm never going to be the same. Um, I didn't get the surgery, thankfully, because my spine basically fused and stabilized where it was Mm -hmm. as I was growing. Some cases, the spine progressively gets worse. In some cases, it gets worse rapidly. Um, so early detection was a huge benefit for my, um, situation. Uh, I would say now as I'm in like the middle of my career, uh, I've had to really take up on different forms of therapy to continue to maintain a healthy spine. Mm-hmm. And when I say healthy spine, I mean a spine without injuries, without pain, without, um, you know, really being in tune with my body and aware of my alignment. And um, in addition to chiropractic care, I've had to start doing floor bar. And floor bar is a, a basic, basically a form of dance, but it is done on the floor. Okay. And um, you do exercises that stabilize your spine and also locate within your body weak areas, um, whether that's your abdominal, your core, inner thighs, hamstrings, glutes. Um, you do exercises that kind of target those weaker areas so you can on the floor build strength and really use your alignment to um, basically correct yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and floor bar I do twice a week. When I started, I did it about three to four times a week. But now it's something that I can do on my own before rehearsal or at the end of the day. Um, and believe it or not, I do it through Skype. Uh, my teacher is in New York City, um, and I'm in Chicago. So there's never an excuse. If there's something <laughs> you have to do, whether it's exercise, eat right, meditate, if you're willing, you find a way. Yeah. And for me, I would rather do floor bar twice a week then my my spine get worse and for me to have to get surgery. And that's just how I see it. Um, so it's become part of my my life my life. And um, I I'm really thankful that I found out about it and it's helped me tremendously with just small injuries that may happen as a dancer and um, makes you check in with yourself. Yeah, definitely. So I'm Curious then, so the the journey after Alvin Ailey to to what you're doing now, you've you've been part of a, a couple of amazing companies. You have had some great projects working with Beyonce and and other commercial gigs. How did that evolution happen from Alvin Ailey to what you're doing <laughs> now and those opportunities? Oh man, good question. Um uh... <laughs> So, yeah, after I went to the performing arts high school um, and I kind of got through the diagnosis, I realized dance was really what I wanted to do. And I went to college. I went for one year to Dominican University in California, uh, where I trained at the Lines School, L-I-N-E-S, Alonzo King Lines. And... After a year in the Bay Area, I decided I wanted to move back to New York, and I transferred to Fordham University, where I ended up right back at the Ailey School. 
Um, isn't that something? That is. And, you know, God, that's just the full circle of life. Mm-hmm. Um, I had always, you know, wanted to be a ballerina. And then once I was at lines and was studying ballet more and doing more point work, I realized how much I missed modern dance. Um, so I transferred and yeah, um, my, what was it? My junior year at Fordham, I was offered an apprenticeship with Ailey Two, which is the second company to the world renowned Alvin Ailey. Mm-hmm. And my senior year, I was offered a job with Ailey Two. So Ailey Two is a dance, uh, dance company of 12 dancers that they pick from the school of thousands. Um, so it was an honor to be in Ailey Two. We toured to places of the world I would have never imagined I would would go. Um, you know, we went to Europe. We went to we traveled domestically. We went to Caribbean islands. It really was um, my first uh, experience as a professional dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the standard was high because Alvin Ailey himself is a dance legend and pioneer. Mm-hmm. So being in Ailey too, we were ambassadors of Mr. Ailey. Um, after my two-year contract, I was one of the dancers that did not get into the first company. Um, and no matter how much I worked and and received great feedback it just was not in the stars or the alignment for me Mm -hmm. um and just me and how i am i don't give up (laughs) so when i found out i was not accepted into the main company i auditioned for visceral dance chicago which was a new company in chicago and as scary as it sounded it was also very exciting Mm -hmm. um, because I knew if I got in I would be a founding dancer of this company forever Um, and I got in which was incredible because it was like okay well here I am I have to pack up and move to Chicago in in two weeks Mm -hmm. it literally felt like that Um, I moved here didn't know anyone Uh, Me and my boyfriend moved here, and I was very grateful to have him by my side. Um, And, yeah, in 2013, 10 of us helped to start this company. Um, And I don't regret my choice moving here because being a part of this company for six seasons has been life-changing for me. Um, Not only have I... um, not only have I made a name for myself as a dancer of color, um, I have been able to, you know, win a Princess Grace Award, be named Top 25 to Watch, um, work for the TV show Empire, um, be cast in Intel's commercial as their principal dancer, um, find myself as an artist and also still work in a company that I was able to grow and navigate um, outside of being in the busyness and congestion of New York City. Mm -hmm. Uh, So moving to Chicago ended up being one of the best decisions and choices of my life. Um, Yeah, so that's kind of the journey and um, how I how I got here. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. So that's 
so many amazing things that you are you're doing simultaneously. How do you how do you manage your time so that you can still be part of a company and still be able to do some of these, uh, you know, work for Empire and and dance in different uh, commercials like the Intel one? Uh, well, my first season at Visceral, I didn't really do anything. I kind of just focused on where I was and like adjusting to this new life and this new city. Um, but I, I was fortunate enough to have a director that allowed me to explore these things. And if I needed a day off or like to take a leave of absence, I communicated that with him and was able to, to do so. Um, don't get me wrong. There were some opportunities that I had to turn down because if we had a show that this role is the priority, mm-hmm. you know, so those are things that, um, as dancers, we kind of have to, we battle with at times, you know, it's either be with a company and be loyal and, and, um, sometimes have to miss out on things or decide to be a freelance artist. Um, and I look up to dancers like Ebony Williams, who, uh, she's actually from Boston originally, and she danced with Cedar Lake for 10 years and also danced backup for Beyonce and did all these incredible things while being at Cedar Lake. And, you know, the best advice is communicate, ask. If the director says, no, I need you for this show, then that's, that's it. Yeah. Um, but sometimes if you don't ask, you won't know. And um, that was something I've, I've learned. And as I've grown into the adult I am, it's like I'd rather ask and then make the decision than not. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that courage and like ownership of my career and my brand and what it is I want to do, I have been able to do so many different things. Mm-hmm. Recently, you've transitioned into being a choreographer. Tell me more about why that was important to you and and why you chose to make that the next evolution of your career. Uh, Choreography kind of came to me. Um, (laughs) It's really funny. I, I never really saw it as something that like, oh, I really need to choreograph. Um, you know, in college, we had your typical composition class. And um, when was my my first big opportunity was over the summer. Um, I was teaching at Houston Academy of Dance, which is a summer intensive for young kids. And this was my first opportunity to choreograph. Um, and it was quite scary. But in the process, I realized how much I liked it and enjoyed seeing the dancers have that eureka moment where they get it. Um, and then, like, opportunities continue to unfold. Uh, at Visceral, we have a show called Within, which is um, a show where the dancers of the company can choreograph on each other. Um, so that was another playground for me to explore on a smaller scale. Um And in 2017, I got my big break with choreography. I was asked by a performance curator by the name of Cynthia Bond to create a work that would be presented in her show called Performing Home. And this topic really touched me because I am 
such a family-oriented girl. I love being from New York City. I love being born and raised in the Bronx and all these different things. My parents being Jamaican immigrants, all these things kind of make me who I am. Mm-hmm. So that process allowed me to tap into that and really be vulnerable and share those um, life experiences with the audience. And by saying yes to that opportunity, a choreographer on the um, on the same show was able to see my work and invited me to choreograph at Northwestern University. Oh, that's great. Yes. It's, it's, it's exciting to hear how just kind of things evolve naturally just because they need to be in some ways. Absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that in 2017 you started uh, the Paige Fraser Foundation. What made you want to start a foundation and and how has that process gone? So the Paige Fraser Foundation was another thing I had never thought about. <laughs> um, I had just been named Dance Magazine's Top 25 to Watch. And I had a moment when I was home in the Bronx and I just was overcome by so many emotions. I, um, you know, I just was so thankful and grateful for everything that had been awarded to me thus far. And yes, I worked hard. And yes, I had been through a lot of um, disappointing situations in life. Um, but this moment, it just was like, wow, I really want to do something. I really want to impact the world beyond talking about my situation in interviews or, you know what I mean? I really wanted to to give back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had an aunt who, well, two of my aunts who have been very supportive of me since I was young. And they came up with the idea that I start my own organization, my own non-for-profit. And we started to talk about it. And before you know it, they were, they meant business and we had a lawyer and we, we were like, it was happening. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I don't really know what I'm doing here. You know, I know the artistic side and I know I'm, I'm pretty, um, organized and good with communication and I can get things done. Um, but luckily, yes, as I said, I had the support of my parents and family members, uh, and we were able to get this thing going. Um, so we officially formed in 2017, but launched in 2018. Um, and we had our big launch at the New York, um, Academy of Medicine and NIAM. And we wanted it to be there because of the connection to, um, natural ways of healing and a lot of the doctors involved there, um, stand for that. Um, so we had it there during scoliosis month and it was a huge success and we had a lot of support and yeah, that was just the beginning of, um, the Paige Fraser foundation. And our mission is to give back to dancers with or without disabilities and, this is past December, we held uh, Dances Healing, which was the inaugural event to our new program that will offer free classes to inner city kids 
And we had a great two-day run at Mind Builders in the Bronx, and it was actually covered by BronxNet. And the kids were so inspiring and also left very inspired, which is the point. Um, and I was able to get together a fabulous faculty of friends that dance with Dance Theater of Harlem, um, Camille Brown, TU Dance, you name it. Dancers mm -hmm. and friends of mine came together and helped me make it happen. And it was a really magical um, weekend. That's fantastic. Um, what is the, the long-term goal then for your, your foundation? Like if ultimately, in the next five, ten years, what, what do you hope to uh, achieve? Uh, the long-term goal is to continue to give back to dancers with or without disability. Um, of course, to raise money and grants that we can be allowed to do this. And also, we want to create a performing arts space in the Bronx um, that will be, you know, a, a further enhancement on this mission and um, continuing to create that safe space in an inner city and um, allow people to feel comfortable and come explore, whether that's by taking a dance class or a meditation class for mental health or a yoga class or a floor bar class or come and see a performance. Um, so that's our like main goal later down the line. Okay. Yeah. It's so to, to have a dancer start a, a foundation is, I, I think is very exciting and unique, but obviously not a, um, a, a an easy to make parallel for a lot of people. So how has your dance training and your training in general affected how you've run the business side of your foundation? Hmm. Um, I mean, as I said, I have a lot of help from my family and my aunts are really in charge of the business side. I'm more <laughs> of the artistic director of the foundation mm -hmm. and I coordinate programs. Okay. So I've been able to do that with, with the help of family um, and also still maintaining my career. I'm still dancing and still choreographing. Um, so it's, it's a lot about balancing and a lot about delegating and communicating and letting people know I need help. Um, you know, like, for instance, I do the e-blast and I operate the social media. Um, but there are a lot of business things that I, I'm not a, a part of. Um, yeah. So thankfully, because there's no way I could do it all. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. You know, it's a, it's a family affair. It, it's also sounds like you are very attuned with your strengths and mm -hmm. uh, have been able to bring in other people to compensate for where you uh, you feel less comfortable, which is fantastic. Yes. And I'm still learning as I go. Right now, we're planning a fundraiser for hopefully um, the summer, uh, where we will have performances, a fashion show. Um, and who who knows what else, but we're planning that for the summer, and then also our next dance is healing uh, program at the end of the year. Um, so we're we're starting small and starting in a way that we can still operate and not get too large too quickly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, especially because I am still pursuing a career in dance, and um, you know, I made that very clear to my board 
um, which is my family, that that is still a priority for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it is nice to have started this already and to have so much support and such a following uh, because I know when I do retire, I have something I can really, really uh, spend my time and energy on or more time and energy on. Oh, yeah. With the different stages of your career and life, how do you approach fear and what do you do when you need to push past it? Oh, good question. Um, so in my bathroom, I have a quote and it says, life is not about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. Um, and I think throughout my life, I have been um, prepared and kind of groomed to handle uh, difficult situations. You know, I... I often say I was born a fighter, Mm -hmm. uh, even though I've never been in a physical fight in my whole life, which I'm very proud of. um, I've had to fight in other ways. I've had to fight through the diagnosis with scoliosis. Um, I've had to fight past being rejected from schools or companies, um, going to auditions, you know, all those things that as artists we deal with. And it affects our mental health. It's very easy to say, well, no one likes me. I'm just going to, you know, find something else that works, which for some, that is the path. That is a journey. But I was born to dance. And Mm -hmm. once I knew that about myself, I had um, the faith and the determination to continue going after what it is I want. Mm -hmm. Um, And don't get me wrong. There have been many castings. I went to an audition last week and it was a hip hop call and I'm not really a hip hop dancer, um, you know, but I can do it. And I went, you know, and I made it almost to the end. And it was really uh, I was proud of myself because, again, I I pushed past fear and just went and auditioned and had a good time. Mm -hmm. And you learn by going, you know, you learn by going to the first musical theater audition I ever went and having to sing in front of people and be told, you have a great voice, just work on it. And fast forward to now, um, being cast in my first musical, I can't announce what the name of it is yet, but I was recently cast in a musical that will um, go into shows in May. Um, And if I had never gone to a musical theater audition Six years ago, I would have never gotten this job. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have to, as an artist, be confident enough, even when sometimes you won't feel ready. Um, And you also have to continue to do the work, Um, you know, take class, take all different types of class, say yes to opportunities that scare you. For me, the first choreographic opportunity I took on, Um, you know, push past your comfort zone and if it's really in your heart keep trying you know every successful person has failed you know and you can't compare yourself to the next person's journey because you don't know what they've had to go through Um, and that's something with me I never want people to see my Instagram or my website and say oh everything happened to her easily because it didn't (laughs) you know what I mean like it 
I've auditioned for stuff eight years in a row and have been told no, mm-hmm. you know? So for me, that builds character integrity and it makes my testimony unique. Um, and don't get me wrong. There are days when I come home and I'm disappointed and I'm angry about it, but I find out with time and maturity, I'm able to handle it better. Um, I've also found ways that help me relax. So like meditating, um, journaling, listening to a, a podcast, um, you know, just things that create um, a sense of peace and remind me that it's okay. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, good. With everything that you've done and experienced so far, what would you say has been the best advice that you have ever received? Hmm. <laughs> oh, this is a tricky one. I've, I've received a lot of good advice. Um, but I think the best advice is just really listening to your gut, listening to your heart, um, taking time to when you get a ton of advice, when you get feedback, you know, taking time by yourself to make the choice that you want. I ask myself, what does Paige want to do? You know, we can always go out there and say, oh, well, so-and-so told me to come to this audition, but I'm here. But if that's not what you want to do, do not do it. You know, you really have to be honest with yourself because honesty shows up in the work. Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't know who you are, that will show up in the work. So whatever you do in life, make sure you truly want to do it. Make sure you're genuine about it because that light will shine through no matter what happens. They can never say you didn't try or that you weren't fully committed. Um, Yeah, and definitely just continue to um, stay honest with yourself, stay inspired. Um, And, you know, if there's ever a moment where something is not right, take a minute to listen to that and analyze it and make sure that you're your integrity is still there you know you never want to lose yourself in this art form mm-hmm. wonderful well thank you Paige, so much for taking the time today to chat with me i really appreciate it if thank the you. <laughs> of course if <laughs> the listeners would like to you know follow your work visit your foundation where is the best place they can do for all of this uh so you can go to my instagram is at loving this page, L-O-V-I-N-G-T-H-I-S-P-A-I-G-E, same for Twitter. And I also have a personal uh, artist page on Facebook, Paige Fraser, F-R-A-S-E-R, um, and also the PaigeFraserFoundation.org. Okay, wonderful. And I will make sure I put all of those links in the show notes so people can click right through Awesome. (laughs) Excellent. Well, again, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your Art Podcast. If you liked this episode, please go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button so that every single time I release a new episode, it will go directly to you without even thinking about it. If you're interested in hearing older episodes, please go to AdvanceYourArt.com where you can find the catalog of everything I've done so far, as well as contact information and projects I'm working on. Thank you again, and have a great day.